is good, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. This is The Look Ahead. I am Rob Stats Guerrero alongside RJ Ochoa. RJ, it's opening day, man. We made it. Football is here. It's tonight. It's real. It counts. Get your fantasy lineup in. It's football season. Stats, I uh, it's great to see you. Great to be with you. Great to be live on The Look Ahead. We normally only stream Monday, Football Monday. Uh, here at the SB Nation NFL show. So nice to see that the two best shows on the network are getting some <laughs> lifetime. Um, but I was trying to think this morning when I walked the dog, what today feels like for me. Um, I'm obviously SB Nation's resident Dallas Cowboys expert. You are SB Nation's resident San Francisco 49ers expert. So not to just make this about me, but this is really about me. Uh, <laughs> no, today at SB Nation is a celebration of me. And so I thought... I, I think I came up with exactly what it feels like in my heart and in my soul today. Okay. Uh, we, we've never been to a wedding together. I imagine we would have a great time. You know, lots of laughs, lots of, you know, good times. We'd criticize the food, um, you know, et cetera. Maybe, you know, somebody would catch the bouquet that we know we'd have a good time. But what today feels like is when you're at a wedding or a party or something, and all of a sudden the YMCA comes on. They're like, <laughs> and like everybody you know is like get out of here like that it's, it's just like i have to do this like it's an it just like stirs up all this like excitement and juice in you and that's where we are here we're on the dance floor uh young man um there's no need to feel down that's what he says right i don't know all the lyrics but uh yeah so i don't think you know any of the lyrics we are we are the village people basically is what i'm saying uh, if you haven't done so, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. I promise you, you're not going to regret it. We got daily shows for you every morning to catch you up on everything you need. We have the long-form shows every weekday for you. You are going to get a ton of good content. If you leave us a review, I promise you we will read it. We will answer any questions you have. And on that front, RJ, allow me to read this from Jaybird. Subject of the review, and this is not my burner, I swear to God, Stats is the best. He says, or she says, Monday Monday Football Monday might be the best show at the SB Nation NFL show. But in my honest opinion, Stats is the best regular host. All the hosts are fantastic, exceedingly knowledgeable, and wildly entertaining. But Stats has the least home team bias, looking at you, Pete Sweeney, and isn't afraid to say what he believes with conviction, even if it's about a tough subject or might be unpopular. Now, that's just... 100% objectively true, they do ask a question. If the hosts of Monday Football Monday and the Oddcast were to face off in a team's battle of Super Smash Brothers, what characters would you be and what team would win? In all seriousness, though, y'all are great, and these shows are a staple in my daily dog slash baby walks. Don't ever stop. Are you a Smash Bros guy? What a stupid question, Stats. Of course I'm a Smash Bros guy. Everybody is a Smash Bros guy. I what that's the worst question you've ever asked uh but i i took away from this review before i answer the question that monday football monday is the superior show if you if you pay attention to the first sentence um but you know certainly there is some <laughs> some pop and circumstance being shattered across for your name um you know i think there's a heavy competition for biggest homer on the SB nation nfl show pete sweeney is in the lead right now certainly um you have done a great job at it's softening that reputation. For I am guys. not a homer by any stretch of the imagination. That is ridiculous. Um, I am a realist. I, I don't know that uh, I look today's about you stats. It's about uh, me, but it's by, by, you know, transit right. property. It's about you. But if, so the question is if the hosts of Monday football Monday and the hosts of the Oddcast were against one another, like the old school super smash brothers, when you could have two on two teams, 
Um, I think I would be Kirby, and Pete would be Pete would be Fox because he like that yeah. that laser is really powerful, but it, it takes a while to get there. You know what I mean? So, so here's um, the thing: you would dominate because I have never played Super Smash Brothers. I'm not into fighting games, video games at all. I love video games, just not those. So you guys would dominate because I would be the weak link on the team. I don't know how good uh, BLG is. Maybe he's awesome, but he would have to be to pick up the slack for me because I would get worked. I think, you know, you mentioned you would be the weak link. You would actually be Link then uh, from <laughs> on, on your team. Um, link was great. Young Link was great on the uh, the GameCube version of the game because he was faster than Link. Um, but I think BLG would be Samus, you know, and like have mm, the, the massive solid. orb thing that would like fire off. That's kind of like BLG with his takes. But uh, but yeah, so you're right. We would win. So that's why you asked if I was a Super Smash guy, because you're not interested. I am not. No, I, I'm one of the few. Uh, BLG says he would carry me. So, you know, he's a giant human being. So that would probably be easy for him. All right. We have a ton to do today because there are 16 games this week, starting tonight with your Dallas Cowboys opening the season with a loss against, I mean, opening the season against the Buccaneers. How are you feeling right now? Just scale of one to 10 comfort. I'm at a 10 out of 10 comfort. I mean, 10 you know, out of 10. Yeah. I mean, your look, team hasn't taken a single snap together in the preseason. You're a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Because I've been waiting since mid October to see this team. So <laughs> I have waited a very long time and I'm finally here. Uh, Dak is back. Tyron's back. Lyle's back. Zach Martin, obviously not playing tonight. And that's, you know, not ideal, but um, I mean, I, I ultimately here, I think Micah Parsons said it well on on this week's you know series finale or season finale of Hard Knocks, which you have put way too much stock in, by the way. Um, but one thing he said was, and he was talking about himself individually when he was training with Demarcus Ware, who, spoiler alert, will be a guest on the Blog and the Voice podcast network and YouTube channel later today or tomorrow, just depends. But uh, he will be joining us soon. Anyway, uh, he said, I have nothing to lose you know, in, in, in terms of playing Tom Brady, because if I play well, it's like I dominated against the GOAT. And if I don't, it's True. like, hey, you know, it's the GOAT. You know, I'm still learning whatever. And that's really the Cowboys as a whole here. I really think that they will be one and one through these first two games. They play the Los Angeles Chargers next Sunday. I don't think they fall to 0-2. Um, I've picked them to win just because I didn't show up here, you know, and go through everything I did in the offseason and you know write a thousand articles and whatnot just to <laughs> just to pick them to lose in week one so uh but i do think they will i i really believe if they win tonight that they will lose next week it's just you know it's a long anyway but um so we're gonna get to see this team like i think we kind of forget we really we've we haven't even seen five full games of Dak prescott and cd land you know what i mean like i'm really excited to see that i'm really excited to see dan quinn's defense i'm excited to see micah parson so you like, won't be once you get to see it i'll tell you that look i I also believe if you have to play the Buccaneers, this is the time to do it. And obviously there's the emotion of raising the Super Bowl banner, which is unique because they're raising it in the stadium that they won the game. And there's the emotion of fans returning, which is unique because yep. that's never been a thing uh, before. But if you're going to play this team, you want to do it with as much time to have been able to prepare as possible. And so, you know, hey, and the Cowboys have won in this slot before they beat the New York Giants in the 2012 season opener. Uh, that game was actually on a Wednesday, different um, set of circumstances there. But so I'm comfortable. I really am excited. I'm not like dreading it. If the Cowboys lose, okay, cool. But if if the Cowboys win, Stats, <laughs> and, and we mentioned Pete Tweeney, 
the last game that we saw the Buccaneers play, they took extreme advantage of a battered Kansas City offensive line to the point that even Patrick Mahomes was not able to overcome it, right? Well, right. Dak Prescott is down his best offensive lineman. You know, we talk so much about narrative. You and BLG talked about, uh, you, you, you predicted awards this week on the podcast, and, and narrative is a big part of that, right? Narrative is a big part of winning MVP and coach 100%. of the year. 100%. What, what it, like, you know, because I know you're picking the Bucks, but what if the Cowboys win? And what, what if Dak Prescott comes back from his injury and comes back his first game since getting paid, getting the big-time contract without the best offensive lineman on his team and goes and does what theoretically or in a vacuum Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't do. I mean, that will be a huge boost of narrative. It will be exhausting for the rest of you for the next week and a half, but it will be incredible. It will, it will be nirvana. It will be spiritual for uh, a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans. And so in that sense, I'm extremely comfortable because – What's the worst that could happen? They lose to the best team in the NFL. Like, what a shocker. You know what I mean? What's the, yeah, it is the worst thing that can happen. And look, this game is important. Seven games last year, RJ, were decided, seven playoff spots, excuse me, were decided on the final day of the season last year. So even though we don't look at it like it's just as important as the last week of the season, it is. All these games matter. The Cowboys are going to be battling for a playoff spot in the NFC. Obviously, the Buccaneers are as well. For seeding purposes, a conference record is one of the top tiebreakers. Like, this game is important. You're just willing to throw it away and say, well, if they lose, they lose. Like, I'm stunned by this. No, I mean, I think the Cowboys are in a unique spot in that the NFC East sucks. And this is, <laughs> like, that's the truth. I mean, this is one of the three hardest games the Cowboys will play this season. The other two are the Kansas City Chiefs, and the other one is the Los Angeles Chargers next week. And so, I mean... Yeah, in that sense, it's terrifying, and it's, you know, you, you don't ever want to lose in the NFL. That's not the point that I'm trying to make at all. However, I mean, it's week one. And, again, it, like, the reason I'm so – I'm not comfortable. Like, I'm not, like, chill about this. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm nervous, but I'm I'm not, like, panicking. But is week one is week one. Like, this is not the in-sync version of the Bucks. You mentioned this, too, on the podcast. It took this specific team – Yep. A long time to get right and to get in rhythm last season. In fact, this Bucks team got blown out in week one last season by a washed Drew Brees. And so, <laughs> it, I mean, that's the truth. And so if that can happen, I'm, I'm more fearful of the Tampa defense, honestly, than I am this offense. Just because, not to, not to doubt Tom Brady, not trying to go down that road, but I think that, you know, it... I think it will take time for those things to happen. And I think it will take time for the, the Dallas offense to to find their rhythm, find their rhyme, um, and get on up and it's bobsled time and whatnot. But ultimately, that's why, like, I don't think that the over hits. I believe the over-under is set at 55. I wouldn't take that. I think this is like a 27-23, you know, type of game. Um, I do think the Cowboys cover, though. I don't – this is just, you know, the Cowboys are – they rarely get blown out. I mean, obviously, people will say, well, they got blown out so many times. Should... Yeah, no, Dak Prescott wasn't playing. I just, Dak, Dak has been one of the more focused people in his return, and I'm really, really, that's that's where it, like, overwhelms any discomfort I would have is the fact that we get to watch Dak Prescott play quarterback tonight for the Dallas Cowboys. It's been way too long since that's been a thing. I wouldn't be worried so much about Dak. I'd be worried, how the hell is your defense going to stop this Bucks offense? Like, Brady is, you know, he was struggling to learn the system last year. He seemingly has got it now. He p sort of picked it up, like, halfway through last season. The Bucs are going to be rolling, pretty much, you would think. And I'm sorry. I think Dan Quinn stinks as a defensive coordinator. If that's the guy you're pointing to saying, save us, you're dead.
I don't think that they're saying save us as much as they're saying don't murder us. You know what I mean? Because that's what Mike Nolan did. Like Mike Nolan, you know, set them back. And so and I think that, you know, that's an important piece of context here. I talked about this with BLG on the NFC's mixtape, which you can listen to on both the blog and the boys and bleeding green nation podcast networks. But I think at the midway point of this season, people will regard the Cowboys defense as good. And I'm using air quotes for good, just, just to be clear, but because do you know who the quarterbacks are that the Cowboys face in the first half of the season? They play Tom Brady and Justin Herbert. Okay. Not ideal. After that, <laughs> it gets really, 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 really easy. After that, they play Jalen Hurts, then Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm forgetting somebody. Mac Jones is in this mix. And then Kirk Cousins. I mean, seriously, like they're the quarterbacks they face in order mm-hmm. starting tonight. Tom Brady, Justin Herbert. Okay. Again, not going to be great. But then Jalen Hurts, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater. Wow. I mean, and those that's the first half of the season. And that's what I'm saying. I, I think after that Broncos game, the the narrative will be, wow, this Dallas defense has really turned it around. Like they're giving up so much fewer yards per game. And the pe- people will look at the low-hanging fruit statistics like that. And that will be true. And it will be true also that they are good. But the context of who they're playing against will be really important. It will be really necessary. And so, I and again, even after that, like, even, you know, they play Matt Ryan and Patrick Mahomes. But these are the quarterbacks to finish the season the Cowboys play starting on Thanksgiving. Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. You know, like, it's not – you love to use the term meat grinder. I don't know what the opposite of a meat grinder is, but, (laughs) like, it's that. Like, a a noodle stringer, I guess, might be uh, the opposite. But, but yeah, so this this defense, I think the perception will be – Dan Quinn has really started to turn things around. And again, that will literally be true. Micah Parsons has elevated this defense, which again, will literally be true. But the the context of the opposition matters. The Cowboys play like five good quarterbacks this year. That's it on paper. And, and seasons change and things happen. Maybe, you know, weird stuff happens. It's the NFL. Maybe Sam Darnold is good. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater is good this year. Maybe Jalen Hurts takes the next step, whatever. But right now, it seems really appealing on paper. And that's why you know, if the Cowboys do get through these first two games with a one-and-one record, I, I mean, I don't know how you look at all those quarterbacks I just listed and say the Cowboys don't win a majority of those games. I think through the first eight or so games, they're six and two, five and three, which is why I'm not overly panicked about this game specifically. This is this is house money right now. You know what I mean? If the Cowboys win this game, awesome, great. Like, we're starting off on the right note, obviously. If they lose this game, it's not ideal, but there are plenty of other opportunities down the road. So for the record, you're predicting a Cowboys loss. Tonight, no. I told you, I'm predicting it. I, I have, I have the Cowboys going one and one in their first two games. That's not I, what I asked. Tonight, I want to know tonight because I think you're getting whooped. The spread is eight and a half. RJ Vegas thinks you're getting whooped. See, that's ridiculous. I think I don't think they get whooped. I could certainly see them losing, but I'll, I, I've taken my official on the record prediction. We did a prediction video on our YouTube channel, 27-23 Cowboys, and then I am the most annoying person for all of you to work with tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, <laughs> you have that title regardless of how the True. game turns out, and yeah, you put that on the tee for me. I just look, I only see one spot where the Cowboys are better than the Bucks, and that's running back. Everywhere else, I give Tampa Bay the advantage, especially with Zach Martin out. So... And not not to cut you off stats that I find that to be so funny. Um, not, not you, but that has been like a talking point this week is Bruce. Even Bruce Ains is like, yeah, you know, we got to stop Ezekiel Elliott. Do it, Bruce. <laughs> like go, go ahead. Like put all, you know, fine. Pay all the attention in the world to Zeke because guess who else is there? I mean, this, 
I, I think that we we fall into these conventional lines of thought with teams and and we just kind of lean on on the way they've been for a while just in our kind of narrative minds and so a lot of national you know a lot of other fans a lot of fans for different teams are like oh you got to stop see you could you stop the cowboys that's so stupid like this offense is led and driven by dak prescott and amari cooper and michael gallup who was a guest on the blog and the boys podcast network this week uh cd lamb blake jarwin's back blake jarwin towards acl in week one last year i mean this passing game is what drives the offense and is what has driven the offense since 2019 when Kellen Moore took over as offensive coordinator. So yeah, put all your eggs in the Zeke basket. That is exactly what this Cowboys offense wants. Okay, but I look at that and I just think that I think it's going to get bad tonight. I think Tampa's going to come out and they're going to say, we're still the big bad wolf in the NFC. The Cowboys couldn't win a terrible division last year. Yay, Dak is back. You know what? Get to the back of the line, Cowboys. It's Tampa's NFC. I think that's what's going to happen. You yourself have noted how, you know, Tampa didn't exactly steamroll Washington in the playoff game in the wild card round. I mean, and, you know, if 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 Mr. Heineke can handle that, I mean, <laughs> I feel very confident that Dak Prescott can handle himself. I mean, ultimately, look, the Bucks beat Patrick Mahomes, and, like, that's the thing to hang your hat on. And they beat Aaron Rodgers, although uh, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers himself had something to do with that. But, I mean, half of the Bucks' playoff wins were really – I wouldn't say fraudulent or fluky, but they were against Heineke and a washed Drew Brees. Like th- this is, I, d- I in no universe am implying that Tampa is a paper tiger, but they're not this, they're not what the Chiefs were when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They're not this like, they're, they're not this like, you know, um, like Thanos like creature. You know what I mean? They're just like a normal <laughs> bad, they're, they're a normal bad guy, not like the king of bad guys. All right. Well, we'll find out. How about this comment really quickly? Dak starts slow in big games. Do you agree? I think the Cowboys start slow in big games. I think, and that's, that's where the like hesitation is. This is a team that generally speaking, doesn't live up to expectations. Like, and that's in games, that's in seasons. And that's, right. why, that's why people are excited about this season. Cause nobody really expects a lot of them last year. A lot of people thought like, okay, they're back, you know, whatever, Mike McCarthy, they had this great draft CD lamb. They can go in the super bowl. And then the rug got ripped out from under them. But this year is just a lot about experimentation and understanding who this team and who this coach and this coaching staff really is. And so, yeah, I mean, but they didn't like last year. They, I, it's hard for me to say that about Mike McCarthy's version of the team because we haven't really seen it. I know that the team was bad over the, the second half of last season, and I know that you have to count those things. But I mean, we, I, I can't judge Mike McCarthy, you know, as the Cowboys head coach when a majority of time has been spent without the most important player on the team. And so if Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott failed to show up in Tampa, okay, like that's a more valid criticism of this duo specifically. But this is still, these are still uncharted waters in terms of this Cowboys team with this head coach and this quarterback. We don't have a big enough sample size yet. Yes, I'm sure Mike McCarthy is going to be a completely different coach from the guy he's always been. I'm sure it's going to be totally different. You're this right. Year. Mike McCarthy didn't have any success prior to arriving in Dallas. You're right. Right. Yeah. He also had Aaron Rodgers carrying his water for the entire career. Let's move on to game number two, because there are plenty of games to go here. Steelers and Bills. And I'm fascinated by this, RJ, because I want to see what Josh Allen is. Is he the guy that was kicking everybody's ass last year? Or is he the guy we saw his first two years where he kind of struggled and he gets a huge challenge right out of the gate? The Steelers led the NFL in sacks last year. In fact, they've led the NFL in sacks for four straight years, RJ. They're the first team in the history of the NFL to do that. The test starts in week one for Josh Allen. 
Yeah, it does. And I said on, I forget which SB Nation NFL show property, all of ours are fantastic uh, last year, that I felt like when Buffalo beat Pittsburgh on that Sunday night game, like it was a bit of a changing of the guard. Um, I think that expression is overused, but, you know, Pittsburgh's been this team at the top of the AFC for so, so, so long. And it felt like that was the, the like, Indiana Jones swap that was happening, that Buffalo is now this team that's going to be in contention in the conference for a decade now, at least with Josh Allen. And Pittsburgh, I think, I think you and I both think, is clearly on their way out. Pittsburgh has some, I guess, dysfunction is an appropriate term going on with TJ Watt and whatnot, and respect to all the Steelers who are, you know, going to bat for him and telling the organization to pay him. But I just... You know, you and BLG love to use the word vibes. I don't have good vibes when it comes to Pittsburgh. I think that this team is doomed this season. I think Pittsburgh made the mistake. I used to say this about the Cowboys, and not to make this about them again, but after Dez caught it, after Dez definitely caught it, uh, the, way the, <laughs> Cow- the way the Cowboys built their team was as if they were trying to pick up from that exact moment, like like that exact place at Lambeau Field. And you just can't, right? Like you, you can't just say, okay, we got to the title game or we got to the divisional round last year. We all we needed was was you know secondary help in that game. So we'll go address the secondary. It doesn't work like that. Like it's a new season and there are new challenges. And so I don't think that Pittsburgh just like bringing the whole crew back is a good enough answer for that. And I think that Buffalo is a monster. I think Buffalo's defense will be better. I think Sean McDermott has now had enough time there. I think I don't think he's going to allow it to not be as great. Uh, entering 2021. I don't know that Josh Allen's going to come out and throw for 400 yards or anything in this game, but I think that Buffalo is going to win this game handily. And I think that the questions are going to start to run, you know, kind of run their, their course in Pittsburgh. Like, wow, maybe we aren't an elite AFC team anymore. This is, this is now a measuring stick game for Pittsburgh when it used to be that for Buffalo. I think that's fair. Uh, the Steelers did win their division last year. So it's not like, you know, they're all of a sudden completely rebuilding, the yeah, interesting part down the stretch, you know what I mean? Like they, they whimpered down the stretch. I mean, what, what, when was the last time last year that we saw them like dominant? It's a pass fail business, man. All you got to do is score one more point than the other team. And doesn't, you don't get any style points. Um, so I, you know, the narrative with the Steelers is like, Oh, Ben looks so washed. And, and maybe that's true. Do you know, Ben Roethlisberger had 11 touchdowns of 20 or more air yards last year. 11 that was tied for third most in the league so the idea that like he's dinking and dunking I don't know if that's necessarily true I don't think he's dinking and dunking but it it's kind of like um you know like I am today's MVP if I'm being honest uh I don't know if anybody's Uh, watching they've seen me chugging orange juice out of the jug right right out of the container like a caveman my uh my throat is gassed from like all the podcasts and all the shows and everything we've been doing this week and so it's just kind of like, you know, uh, like I'm summoning all this inner strength to do this. And like, that's what like oh, any, God. any Ben throw is like, you know, like I could just, it feels like it, it is requiring like every ounce of exertion from him. And so I, I just, you know, people, people have been so quick to write off a lot of other quarterbacks as they've aged in the NFL. Like that is coming. That has come. Like, I think. Ben is in that place that Drew Brees was like Drew Brees was able to kind of mask his, his washedness. And that's where Ben is. (laughs) The interesting thing for me is like what used to make Ben so great is that he would drop back, scan the defense and just kind of sit in the pocket. And he was so frigging huge that no one could take him down and he would extend plays outside of the structure of the offense and eventually make a big play. Well, he's still big, obviously, if anything, he's bigger. But he doesn't have that same ability to extend the play outside of structure where Josh Allen does. 
So I, I give the advantage to Josh Allen and the Bills. I think Sean McDermott doesn't get nearly enough credit as the head coach there. Bills by six and a half. Where are you going, RJ? Buffalo. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think Buffalo trounces them. I mean, I think this game is like over in the mid fourth quarter. And I think we get the like CBS shot of Van like looking all sad. Yeah, like, you know, what's going on, whatever. And then, you know, then the conversation starts like, well, were these guys thinking too much about the TJ Watt situation this week? You know what I mean? Like, God. that's, that, dude, Pittsburgh is is bound for dysfunction this season. When can you ever say that about the Steelers? Say what you want about Mike Tomlin. Like, the no, dude awesome. never has a losing season. He knows how to manage stuff. Yeah, but like, you know, people love to talk about how coaches are wise when they get rid of players too soon, right? Like I'd rather get rid of a player one year too early than one year too late. Like the whole like Pittsburgh nucleus is one year too late. And I don't mean like the nucleus of TJ Watt, like the the future nucleus is obviously well intact, but I mean, the, the quarterback is, is part of this nucleus. It's been there forever. And it's just, you know, it, it, it like the writing is, is firmly on the wall. I think I don't, I don't know how anyone can objectively believe again, this team really, really, really faltered down the stretch last year. I mean, since it, since December, since Thanksgiving, right? Really starting on December 2nd. And that game got played on a Wednesday, that game against Baltimore that, you know, everybody freaked out about on the Steelers because they thought the league was like taking it away from them and blah, blah, blah. Um, they, they did beat the Ravens in that game, 19 to 14 and looked, you know, really hollow doing so. And then they lost against Washington, lost against Buffalo, lost against the Bengals. Remember that they beat the Colts, not exactly something to hang your hat on, lost to the Browns in the regular season finale, and then got whooped in the playoffs. And so I'm, it's been a long time since this group has played well together. And the most recent thing we've seen from this group is disaster. So I just don't believe in it. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than people think. Cause it's one of the best head coach, probably the best head coaching matchup of the week, quite frankly, Tomlin and McDermott, wow, both defenses are, McCarthy. yeah, it's not, there's only, there's only true. one matchup this week between two coaches who won Super Bowls. Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> John Gruden has a Super Bowl. I wouldn't put him near the, in the top head coaches of the league uh, right now. He's would better you? than Kyle Shanahan though. You know that, right? Mm, not willing to say that. <laughs> uh, I will take the Steelers. Actually. I think the Steelers are going to cover and I think the Steelers are going to win. Hmm. I disagree for all the reasons that I literally just said. I think you're sleeping. I think Ben is better than people think. Sometimes the narrative gets a little out of control. I think Najee Harris is going to help. And I just think that this is like the healthiest we're going to see Ben, right? So like if he's ever going to pull something like this off, it's going to be in this game. And I'm sorry with Josh Allen, like you got to prove it to me. I'm not, I'm willing to say. You got to prove it after you spent an entire season proving it. You got to prove it to me in this one game. Dude. Josh Freeman has had good seasons in the NFL. Like wow, anybody can have disrespect. one good year. Wow. I even I... went with another Josh. Like, come on. Anybody can have one good season. Can you do it again? And and the preponderance of the evidence right now with Josh Allen is there's been more bad than good. And I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying I want to see it. And until he does, I'm not necessarily. I don't know if your connection is bad. I don't know if that was your connection or my connection stats. Yeah. Your connection freaked out. I apologize. Out. So holy crap! I I literally on my other monitor here just saw that the trailer for the the new Matrix movie came out. Which, by the way, please <laughs> we, don't, we didn't we didn't need this movie. But literally, as I saw that, your screen started like glitching, like there but you just go. like just like the Matrix does. So 
Um, are we here? Are we actually here? We're here. Stop. We're here. We're back and we're chugging along here. Next up, Browns and Chiefs. How much fun is this going to be? Chiefs are favored by five and a half. You know, the, the narrative with the Chiefs is that, oh, if they just had their offensive line, everything would have been great in the Super Bowl. And now they totally redid their offensive line and everything's going to be great. And you just book them to the AFC championship game. Are you buying that? No, because I think that the Chiefs are doing what I described like the Cowboys. Like, all we got to do is yep. fix the offensive line. You know what I mean? And we're good. You know, we'll, we'll be fine. And even then, like, look, Monday Football Monday is the best show on the ESPN Nation NFL show. I love Pete Sweeney, my man. But my man Pete Sweeney is so disconnected from reality when it comes to talking about the Chiefs. You know it. I know it. BLG knows it. I think Pete even knows it. And look, Trey Smith they obviously fell in the draft for a reason, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs are starting a sixth round rookie at right guard. And people are like, boom, championship. Like, what? Like, this is, an, <laughs> this is like an incredibly weak point of your. They're starting three rookies, I believe, on their offensive line. And so, yeah, like, you know, uh, the, the great Barney Stinson always said that new is always better. And that isn't always the case in the NFL. Like, just, just because you changed doesn't mean it's better or doesn't mean it's good. And, you know, the Chiefs have had an incredible run of, I wouldn't say luck, but they haven't had to deal with adversities like injuries, like, you know, like our teams have stats, San Francisco and Dallas over the last year. And I don't want to put that into the universe, but I just think that, you know, there, there's not there's not a lot of data and science to like, oh, things are going to catch up to them. But there are data and science points to like what you and BLG talked about on Tuesday, how this team was in so many one possession games last year, how this team wasn't the most efficient offense in the NFL last year by DVOA, how this team, you know, this, this is still a really good team. And they were able to, you know, kind of snatch, you know, victory out of the jaws of defeat several times because they are that good. But that isn't sustainable. You can't just like keep, you know, hitting 21, you know, and that's the Chiefs offense. <laughs> they, they, they hit on 16, they hit on 18, like, and they keep getting the cards they want, but like the deck is going to run dry and you're going to run into other cards. And it feels like that's going to happen to them over the course of this season. I could certainly see them winning this game. Obviously I think they will win this game. I do think Cleveland covers, um, but I, I think this is, this is the most fascinating year of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. It is fascinating to me. And I think like this, this game is going to set the narrative, right? It's going to be, Hey, Cleveland, you want people to take you seriously? Congratulations. You made the playoffs last season. That's great. You want to be among the big boys in the AFC and people to take you serious and not just think you were a flash in the pan. Well, here you go. Come out week one, Andy Reed, extra time to prepare and stuff it down the chief's throat and announce yourself with authority in the AFC. You know how they talk about like, there's always that line in movies about, well, you go to prison, you got to find like the biggest, baddest person the first day and beat them up, you know, and kind of humiliate them. Well, that's what the Browns need to do. Show the AFC, which is, as you said, a meat grinder and beat up on the Chiefs and announce yourselves here. And, and the same thing with the Chiefs. It kind of goes the other way too. Like, hey, show everybody that you're still at the top of the mountain, right? That you can take all comers, that everybody's best shot is still not going to be good enough. So I think that no matter which direction you go in this game, it's going to tell us a lot about the AFC. And I mentioned it earlier, this game could matter for seeding when we get to the end of the year. It's a conference matchup. Both of these teams, you know, we think are going to be good. We could be looking back on this weeks from now saying, oh, this is actually more important than we might have thought initially. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. And I, I, I kind of hate seeing games like that in week one when these teams yeah. like, aren't who they are. Like, I hate burning, you know, really consequential things right now. Um, 
I, I believe in Cleveland, certainly. I don't know that I believe in them enough to take them to like outright, you know, beat the Chiefs. I know I've kind of danced around that this subject this week, but this, this is, you know, this is a big year for Baker Mayfield. Like Josh Allen got his contract. Lamar Jackson's yep. going to get his contract. Like Baker, people are talking like, you know, you're the guy who loves to like, you know, quiet them when they talk. So go ahead and do it, Baker. I mean, you know, everybody talks about how Cleveland was in that game late in the playoff game against Kansas City in the playoffs last year. So, I mean, hey, let's do it. Bears pumped up. Your dog is pumped up. It's opening day, man. Everybody's excited. All right. Yeah, it's trash day, too. So he he hates everything right now. But he hates you because you don't believe in the Cowboys. True. And I will forever not believe in the Cowboys. They haven't made an NFC Championship game since 1995. All right. Let's move along now. Next game we want to look at. Colts and Seahawks. Seahawks favored by two and a half in this game. I mean, I have no confidence in the Colts whatsoever. And maybe that's because I host a show on Tuesdays with Brandon Lee Gowden, who could not be lower on Carson Wentz and anything going on with the Indianapolis Colts. But I look at this. Who keeps you up at night, right? If you're Seattle, you're like, who on this Colts staff offensively are you really worried about and the answer is no one and i know the seahawks defense is trash but i just look at the colts like they don't frighten their best weapon is is a guard for god's sakes i've been thinking if there's a team in the afc that i feel worse about than the colts because like i can i mean but the texans like i i so like i'm not saying that there's a, a positive thing to feel about the texans but like the the emotion i feel i suppose is like okay at some point like you know this will there will be a break point right? like at some point you know they will they will emerge on the other side right like that that is sort of like somewhat guaranteed in sports like it's like the, they're still bottoming out but like after the bottom out there is like some draft capital or whatever to ultimately and and th- that's a unique situation so like among teams that qualify i suppose there, there's <laughs> not teams. a team yeah there's not a team that i feel worse and like i i'm not saying that i didn't like, connect these dots in my mind but this carson Wentz situation both the football in the politics, unfortunately, of it have been a disaster for the organization basically since day one. And what, again, I didn't like not know this, but like they, they chose this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they, they like consciously not only chose this, but like, like paid to have this opportunity. You know what I mean? And like Chris Ballard is, has been a great general manager in terms of results but I do think that, that people, and I, I'm talking to BLG about this as well, people do kind of like, for whatever reason, hype him up when he's the GM who oversaw this move to go get Carson Wentz. Like, he brought this this situation upon his team. I mean, do you, like, I'm asking you seriously, do you feel better about the Panthers or the Colts right now? Oh, man. The Colts because of Ballard, to be honest with you. Like, okay, so let me let me rephrase. Would you feel like what if the Colts had passed on Carson Wentz but traded for Sam Darnold? Would, uh, that, have would, been a, feel, would that have been a better move for the Colts? A better move? No. I think it would have been just as bad. Equally bad. I don't think it would have been equally bad because it didn't cost as much and they wouldn't be dealing with the you know political fallout of it all and the like never-ending question mark of like are we going to lose our franchise quarterback on a moment's notice because of the COVID protocols and like that's a real thing and so Carson Wentz has really kind of I feel like just continued and perpetuated the poor parts of his reputation uh over the last few months as a member of the Indianapolis Colts and so yeah I I mean you know, they brought T.Y. Hilton back again, another like we'll just pick right back up where we left off type of thing. And like, 
what did it, what a shocker here. Like it's not working out, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I do think, you know, you guys on the podcast were like, man, nobody's talking about the Seahawks, even though I sang the Seahawks praises on Monday football Monday. Um, I don't know exactly what I think of the Seahawks this year. I do think they'll win the NFC West, but I, I mean, they're getting this win rather easily. So with the Seahawks, what do you think we're going to see? Do you think we're going to see the pound the ball, establish the run, Pete Carroll, 1985 game plan? Or do you think we're going to see what we saw early in the season last year, which was bombs away, let Russ cook, let's chuck it to DK and get the hell out of the way? I think if there's one off-season storyline that gives the um, like author of it the right to like kind of blast middle fingers on his way into the locker room i think it's russell wilson like i don't i don't think (laughs) like i don't think aaron Rodgers is having a week one where he's like told you you know like that justifies his offseason you know demands or whatever i think the only player who whose situation right now this particular week that is capable of that is russell wilson i think that russell is going to come out and just drop like you know, like I, th- I think Russell's the quarterback to play in daily fantasy this week. Like I think he's going to come mm. out, drop 400 yards, go off. A lot of this is again the fact that it's the Colts and and Colts you know, defense is good. Yeah, but Carson Wentz is not, and that's the other thing. Like Carson Wentz is going to play in this game, even though he was supposed to be out five to 12 weeks. Like that just magically isn't a thing anymore. You know what right. I mean? So, so like this just smells really funky, and so I could see. You know, I could see Carson fumbling the ball inside their own 20 yard line or something like that. And just constantly giving see this could be a game where it's kind of like, you know, the 94 title game. Like all of a sudden you blink and it's 21 nothing and the second quarter's just begun. And Russell's, you know, like you're seeing the tweet, like Russell Wilson already has three, you know, 300 yards and three touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. There's still 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Like that's the kind of tweet that I think we'll see this weekend. Way to reference a topical game, the NFC title game from from when I was nine years old. <laughs> well, it's topical because you're the Niners guy, I'm the Cowboys guy, so you know that was the the you know the dot to connect. So the spread is two and a half. Seahawks are favored. This is easy money. You think it? See, that's when they get you though. That's exactly what the bookies want you to think, RJ. They want to place the line and they want you to go. Oh, this is easy, and then watch your money just float away. So what are you taking then? If you're if you're Mr. You know, I know how the books work. Who you are you taking Indianapolis to cover? No, I'm taking the Seahawks to cover, but I don't <laughs> think it's easy. Like this is, is this not among the easier games to pick? You know how like people have uh leagues I where like hate you, picking games week one. But well, that's literally the point of this show. <laughs> so I mean like, but you know how people have leagues where like you got to pick, you know, 10 games or whatever, blah, blah. You know, you can, would you pick this one? Would you avoid it? You know, like how would you approach this particular contest? Um, I would probably pick this one. Cause I do feel confident that C- Seattle is going to win. Even if it's on a walk-off field goal, like they still, you know, all it takes is a walk-off field goal. And I, in the fourth quarter, like this game is close in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, who do you feel more comfortable with Carson Wentz when he basically hasn't played at all? Or Russell Wilson, who all he seems to do every single week is pull a game out of his somewhere in the fourth quarter. It's Carson Wentz's first game with this team, in this environment, uh, with these players, you know, not having practiced a ton recently for two different reasons. You know, playing in a time frame that really seemed irresponsible to assume like a month ago. So, yeah, like literally every factor of this screams panic when it comes to the Wentz in Indianapolis side. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So those are the big four matchups of the week that we wanted to preview. The other thing we do on this show, because like I said, we do talk about every single matchup. We're going to go to the lightning round now, RJ. The first lightning round of the year. Are you ready? Um, no, I actually don't think we should do it today. Yeah, no, too bad. The lightning round! We're starting and we're going to start Philadelphia and Atlanta Two new head coaches. By the way, at least one rookie head coach has made the playoffs every year for the last four years. So there are seven rookie head coaches. One of them, history says, is going to make the playoffs. Could be from this game, but Eagles, Falcons, what do you like? I was really high on Atlanta at one point this offseason. I do think um, I have a friend uh, that does a show for us at Blog and the Boys that calls it like the Wade Wilson. Or, uh, yeah. Wade Phillips, excuse me, bump, like Wade Phillips honeymoon period. And you can kind of see Atlanta in that spot, right? Like they have a nucleus of an offense enough to where like Arthur Smith comes in and there's just like a change of scenery and things click. Um, I don't know that I believe in that. And um, I'm I'm very interested to see this Eagles team, to, to understand who yeah. they are. They're, like Nick Sirianni is such an unknown. Jalen Hurts in, in year two, the first year, obviously, where he's the unquestioned starter. I will take Atlanta in this game, but I'm not doing so confidently. I think Atlanta is going to have a sneaky good offense. They still have Matt Ryan. Mike Davis is fine as a running back. By the way, you look like you're chugging Pepto-Bismol right now, which is really throwing me off. It's a, um, it's a smoothie thing. Uh, it's pink. Banana. It's weird. You're you're secretly worried about the Cowboys game. I'm, and I'm you're loading chugging up, dude. Pepto. I know. I barely slept this week. You yep. Know? You got to coat the stomach. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think the Falcons are going to have a sneaky good offense. Kyle Pitts. Calvin Ridley is still really good. Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. I know people like don't love him. And, you know, his most famous game is the game they blew a gigantic lead. But he's still a really good quarterback. He's top 10 all time in yards and touchdowns. That's got to count for something. And as as interesting as I think Philadelphia is, and I think they are just because there's so many unknowns, I got to give the edge to Atlanta. Next up, Minnesota and Cincinnati. Ugh. This is not one of the more attractive matchups of the week. Joe Burrow's coming back from injury, so that'll be cool to see. But if you're Minnesota, like, you got to handle your business in this game. Yeah, I um, nobody cares about my fantasy team, but I'm streaming nope. the Minnesota defense this week just because I don't believe in Cincinnati. Uh, this I feel really badly for Joe Burrow. I agree with a lot of us, obviously myself included, that Zach Taylor is potentially the first coach fired this season. Um, this, this, this just, like, 
it's never good when it feels like not just broken, but like collapsed, broken at week <laughs> one. Uh, the Jamar Chase quote that's making its way around the internet yep. is really bad. Um, there's it. There's it's hard to find anything to be inspired about with regards to Cincinnati right now. So if you don't know the Jamar Chase quote, he has had all sorts of problems this preseason, just flat out catching the football. And what receiver, by the way, just in case you didn't know about Jamar Chase. Yes. He said, quote, the ball is different because it's bigger. It doesn't have the white stripes on the side, so you can't see the ball coming from the tip point. So you actually have to look for the strings on the ball at the top. He he did say strings. I didn't throw that in there. He said that's hard to see because the whole ball is brown and you have six strings that are white. But for the most part, you just have to get used to it and find out what I am comfortable with catching. First of all, Jamar, those are called laces. Just, you know, may want to learn the terminology. Um I like the honesty from him. I think it sure. could be a legit thing that he has to like adjust how he tracks the ball, but it's not exactly something you want to see from your top 10 first round draft pick. Yeah. Um, a wide receiver complaining that the ball is different. Just, <laughs> I mean, it, it feels, I don't know. It feels like when I go to top golf and don't play well and I'm like, well, these aren't my clubs. You know, like, like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, you know, this, I'm, I'm actually really good. Trust me. You know what I um, yeah, I, you're right. Like, I appreciate the honesty, but this quote just make, sets up to look so bad. I mean, because he's had so many drops in the preseason, uh, because, because of the fact that they passed on Panay Sewell for him. And be, and it wasn't just for him. It was because, you know, he was the guy. He was Joe Burrow's guy. I mean, I, I do wonder, and we'll see how, maybe Jamar Chase, like, sets a rookie record for receiving yards, and all this is, like, ultimately a dumb point. But if, if he struggles all season long, I do wonder how I'm fascinated to see this season in general and see how scouts look at players who opted out. And maybe they, they look at that and say, you know what? Like players who opted out were rusty, did have growing pains, that's you know, thing. What, whatever. I mean, so like, that's an interesting, you know, Micah Parsons is an example on Dallas opted out last year, but he's looked really good. And so th- there will be examples to prove every point, but this, this hurts the opt out, you know, idea in general right now, but granted he has an entire season to obviously put together a lot of work. You mentioned Panay Sewell and the Lions. So let's go to Detroit next. They welcome in the 49ers. Welcome to the NFL, Panay Sewell. Here's Nick Bosa and D Ford and Fred Warner and that 49ers defense. And by the way, same goes to Jared Goff, who just cannot get away from the 49ers. And they have given him nightmares in his career, RJ. Yeah. Um, I am pumped to see Dan Campbell just as a whole. Like, <laughs> um, this is, um, you know, this is, I feel like it's like Friday night and, you know, there's like a show I've been wanting to watch, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh yeah, right on. I got the blanket on the couch. I got the bowl of popcorn, whatever. I got the lighting just right, whatever. Uh, but this, this isn't going to be good. I think, I think this is a San, like I talked about being the most annoying person. You will be super annoying next week. Cause you'll be like, I told you Kyle no. Shanahan. I no, I won't be. Cause the 49ers better smash the lines. They, they cannot win by a touchdown. The spread is seven and a half. They better destroy the Detroit Lions. And anything less than that is a disappointment and a failure by the 49ers. That's dramatic for week one. It's week one. No. All this talk about the 49ers and their potential Super Bowl team, and they're not giving the keys to Trey Lance. You're the one who's had that talk. Right. But the talk about, you know, the quarterback situation, and you can't start Trey Lance because you've got a potential Super Bowl team. The Lions are hideous, 
hideously bad. Their coach is talking about training an actual live lion to maul people on the sidelines before the season starts. They have no wide receivers in Detroit. Tyra Williams is the best wide receiver on this roster. What does that tell you? Jared Goff's a tomato can. It's Dan Campbell's first game as a real head coach, not an interim head coach. You are the 49ers. You better go and turn them into dust in this game. And anything other than that will be a disappointment. And by the way, Kyle Shanahan has lost three of his four week ones as a head coach. And the only game they won was against the Buccaneers in 2019 when Jameis Winston threw two pick sixes. So let's see it, San Francisco. I have high expectations for this game, and they better crush Detroit. Um, How long has it been since during a 49ers-Lions matchup that people have stopped talking about the handshake drama? Like, <laughs> you know, sure? like, yeah, like how long is, 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 you know, is this like the second game between them that nobody's brought it up? Uh, I mean, Harbaugh is kind of gone and so is Schwartz. So that sort of like if they were still coaching, it would definitely be a thing. Uh, also, you're not going to try and fight Dan Campbell. Like, he's a monster and he might actually like rip your arms off on the field. So we will see there. I assume you're going San Francisco. Yeah. And you're taking the, you're going to say they cover the seven and a half. Yeah, I believe. Don't worry. All right. Let's go to Tennessee now. Cardinals, Titans. It feels like this is the last chance for Cliff Kingsbury. If he's going to hang on to that job, this would be a nice feather in his cap in week one, RJ. Yeah, but that they are such a paper tiger. Like, I don't even know that they're a paper tiger. Like, paper tiger implies that there's something to, like, be fearful about. Like, the Cardinals are so so blah i mean they they really are blah and i i don't know that i believe in tennessee like you know being as efficient as they've been in years past but i just don't believe in arizona at all prove me wrong cliff prove me wrong kyler prove me wrong jj prove me wrong whoever but the cardinals i'm not in on this season i mean tennessee's defense was not very good so there's an opportunity there but i mean if you're the titans like you can't you cannot lose this game. You just, you got to find a way. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, like you're you're going to face much, much tougher competition than this in your own conference. These are the games when you win, that are going to get you to that 12, 13 win point where you're going to need to be if you want to compete for the number one seed. Tennessee has to win this game. I think that they will. I think Brable is a much better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. And honestly, I think this is Cliff's last season in the NFL. He'll be in college next year. Mm, what college who cares uh next up chargers and washington this is a stiff challenge because i have said that justin herbert's going to win the mvp this year and he's got a tough test right out of the gate because that washington defense is no joke that's true but we've talked many times about how defensive you know success is hard to sustain year over year and it's hard to come out the gate week one and be a great defense like it's difficult just because it takes time it's hard to do anything week one which is what i've been saying all episode long <laughs> i i think that the chargers win i wouldn't to your point i would not be stunned if if washington you know got a pick six you know had a, a strip sack fumble return or something that like you know swung the game um and you know i think that we're where we've couched our collective chargers hype by not putting pressure on them. But like, we all believe in the chargers, right? You think, you know, Herbert's winning MVP BLG thinks they're winning the AFC West. I believe in them to a large degree. Then that means they should go out and kick the Washington football team's ass, right? Like they should, like if, if they're that good, if they really are, it shouldn't be this struggle thing. Like they shouldn't get this like couch sort of like, soft expectation because they're the chargers no like if, if you've arrived if you're really that team 
You got to go out. You got to handle your business. This is a team that was below 500. Yeah, they were division champion last year, but a, a sub 500 team that's playing Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. You should go dominate them. You rested everybody of significance in the preseason. You waited exactly for this moment. You have a head coach that everybody's been gassing up and hyping up all <laughs> offseason long. Now's the time. Although Austin Eckler on the intro report, love Austin Eckler, but I mean, if you if you thought that wasn't going to happen, you haven't been paying right. enough attention. The guy's hamstring is perpetually hurt. Uh, I will take the Chargers in that game. I like I said, I'm high on the Chargers. I want to check the spread right now. It's Washington's favored by a point, so I'm getting points, and I could get the Chargers. That would be one where I would run to the window. Yeah, I mean, just just do it, Chargers. Just don't don't let us down. Just be again, good. again. Don't let just, us down again. Just be good. We all want you to be good because you have the best uniforms in the NFL. Every single one is amazing. You've never had a bad uniform. How many franchises can say that? Speaking of bad uniforms, Jets and Panthers. Panthers have a hideous uniform. I do not care about the whole Sam Darnold like reunion revenge. Like that is not a thing. Okay. Sam Darnold sucked before Adam Gase ever got to New York. Like people saying that he's suddenly going to be better now because he's away from Adam Gase. That's just not looking at reality. Sam Darnold turned the football over at USC. He's turned it over in the NFL before Gase. He's turned it over with Gase and he's going to turn it over with the Panthers and anybody expecting anything different is crazy. I don't know of a like reunion, like a quarterback rematch like this that has had less juice than, you know, Sam Darnold playing the Jets, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, like if this was almost any other dude, any other play, it would be like a primetime game. You know what I mean? Like any for like if Carson wants, even <laughs> right. if Carson wants to play in the Eagles, it would be a primetime game. You know what I mean? Just because of the juice. Um, I think Zach Wilson looks good in this game. I know Tony Romo loves him. I mean, this this feels like that the Panthers are such a disaster too. I know I I went down the weird hypothetical with Darnold, but the Panthers have other problems. I think Christian McCaffrey goes off, but I think the Jets just outlast the Panthers. When an average quarterback runs this Shanahan system, great things happen. Jimmy Garoppolo made the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan won the MVP. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. If you get even competent play at quarterback in this system, really good things are going to happen for you. So let's see Zach Wilson. Like, I'm interested to see. He could have kind of that Justin Herbert rookie year where maybe the team necessarily doesn't win a ton of games, but he looks amazing. I, I'm so much more excited to see Zach Wilson than I am to see Sam Darnold. Yeah, I don't, again, who's excited to see Sam Darnold? Nobody, <laughs> nobody is excited about this. People, I've seen people talk about Sam Darnold, like, look out, he's going to be so much better. And I, I'm sorry. I just flat out do not buy it. I don't know the spread in this game. Let me look it up really quickly. I know this is scintillating. It is Panthers minus four. Ooh. Uh, I'll take the chance. You're quick on these, man. You just decide right away. Yeah, I've got conviction is what it's called. I'm not, you know, wasting time. Conviction, delusion. It's all that. Speaking of wasting time, RJ, Jags, Texans. Oh. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, like, show me something. That's all I want from you in this game. Just show me one thing that makes me justify all this hype for you, and then we can move on because the Texans are terrible and they're going to win maybe a game this year. There was a brief window where, like, the Texans-Jaguars games were not just something that you saw on the Red Zone channel when, like, Kevin Walter <laughs> was catching, like, a 36-yard touchdown. There was a brief window where they were interesting uh, when DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey were on the two teams. It's back. Like, this is – I don't know what uniforms they're wearing, but I can guarantee you it's going to be Texans white jerseys, Texans blue pants, uh, Jaguars, like, all – 
you know, black or teal, you know, maybe, maybe teal tops and white pants. And it's just, you know, I'm, I love weeks like this as a Cowboys fan where the Cowboys play Thursday night and I get to watch the red zone all day Sunday. Yeah. It will just, it will just be sprinkled in. It'll be like, Scott Hansen will be like, well, folks, it's happened. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> has thrown a touchdown in the NFL. And then, yep. and, and then it'll be like, now we go back to Minnesota where blah, blah, blah. I can just like, you know, There'll be so. two moments from that game. The first will be Trevor Lawrence jogging out to the huddle. And yeah. then it'll be like his first touchdown. And that'll be it. And that's all you really need to know from this game. Miami, New England. I have said this is where I stand on Tua. The Dolphins are out on Tua. This whole year for him is a job interview for somebody else. They clearly don't want him. They would much rather have Deshaun Watson. I mean, the head coach had to like stand up and pronounce in front of everybody, including Tua, that, hey, man, he's our guy, which whenever a team says he's our guy, he ain't their guy. I think it's going to be bad for Miami, and I think Mac Jones is going to acquit himself well, and the Mac Jones hype train is going to start with a win over the Dolphins in week one. So I don't want to beleaguer the two a point, but he's literally not their guy. Uh, we, got, <laughs> we found out on Wednesday that they voted for team captains, which is something that people put a lot of stock into. And Tua is not a team captain. Um, I specifically, I told you, I said, I want to talk about this, but I specifically didn't want to get your thoughts so I could hear them here. Um, I don't want to make like a, a big deal about this, but it is a somewhat sized deal, right? Like th- this is a thing. Like It's not just like, Something to dismiss, like, pff, that means nothing. Well, like, it definitely means something that he wasn't voted a team captain. How many teams have captains or have quarterbacks, I should say, that aren't the captain? Like, I don't know if I can point to, to hardly any. And I agree, like, it's not a huge deal, but it's not meaningless. People talked about how Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are captains. I don't feel that's a fair comparison because if you're the, like, you know, first or second overall picks, like, you're clearly, you know, you're clearly a captain. Who right? else on the Jags and Jets is going to be a captain? That's a good point, too. But, like, like Ryan Fitzpatrick was a Dolphins captain last year. Teddy right. Bridgewater is a is a Broncos captain this Loved year. Loved by teammates. Yep. But, like, the and the Teddy thing, I think, is a good example because, like, he wasn't the starting, the presumed starting quarterback all offseason long. Like, that's a recent development there. I mean, so I just – I I find that to be strange. I I – it, and that's this has a this has we we talk a lot about good vibes bad vibes this has weird vibes I mean this is the I think the Dolphins are going to be one of the, the league's biggest disappointments this year because they had they had it all they had it set up they had all the capital they had the you know the climate and the place and the area the tax free you know financial situation for would be free agents like and it just never happened it's 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 sad Patriots minus three you think they Thank cover. You. Take it. Oh, yeah. Rookie Mac- quarterback, you Mac don't Jones. care. The other thing really quick about this, we have no idea how good Bill Belichick is at developing a quarterback. We know he's really good against first and second year quarterbacks. I wonder, does that work in the reverse? Like, can he use the that mojo to help mm, Mac mo- Jones? Mojo is trademarked by Mike McCarthy. Staff. Right. Like, can he say like, hey, here's what I would do to confuse you. Here's what they might do. And does that help speed Mac Jones along? We have no idea. I agree. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I'm just so much more inclined to trust that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, whether that's, that's whether, whether I believe that's possible or not possible. Like I trust that over most. And I certainly trust it over the Miami Dolphins. And this, you know, like, dude, because two is going to throw a pick and then it's going to be awkward. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be like, remember when you were a kid and the teacher would like scold somebody and you would get like chills up your spine and, and all the other kids <laughs> would go like, ooh, you know, like when one kid would get in trouble. That's what it's going to be like. It's going to be awkward. 
All right, let's go to Packers and Saints now, a game that would have been much more attractive if Drew Brees was still playing. Instead, it's Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston. I don't know what to think about Jameis Winston. Like, he won the quarterback competition against Taysom Hill. Yay, congratulations. I want to see Sean Payton do with Jameis Winston what no other coach could do, which is to get him to stop turning the ball over. In his career, he's averaged about two interceptions and or fumbles per game. So let's see it because everyone, you know, there's a, there's a Jameis like contingent out there that says, Hey, he was the number one overall pick. And he had a really good year a few years ago where he threw for a bunch of yards. Like they're kind of on board this train. And I am not that guy. I was not going to do this, but I'm feeling happy. The Cowboys are winning today. Everything's great. (laughs) Everything's awesome. Not only are the Cowboys winning today, but Cristiano Ronaldo is making his Manchester United debut this weekend. Like the, the times they're good stats. I think the Saints win this game. And I think Randall Cobb Ooh. has a costly fumble. And I think <laughs> I, I think all of the like the the would-be, you know, narratives like arrive fast. You know what I mean? And then I think every Packers fan, you know, like our Acme Packing Company blog is like, relax. R E, you know, like doing the dashes and everything. R E L A X, everybody relax. It's week one, blah, blah, whatever, blah, blah. We it, it's not like we were gonna go 13 and 3 again, blah, blah, blah. Now, I think adversity strikes quickly for the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers acts like we're all fools for being concerned that they went 0-1. I do wonder, like, because I think part of this year for Rodgers, it's not just about, like, winning and how good the team does. It's about proving to people that he was right, that he was yep. right to complain, that he was wronged, and that they should have been listening to him all along. Do you think that he tries to, like, force-feed the ball to Randall Cobb and just be like, see, look, he was good. I won't mention the name of the game because um, I don't want to support them because the game is trash. But uh, (laughs) if there was an actual simulation, you know, NFL football game that you could play and that you could have a franchise in and run and control your team, we've all done that before. And you know, like, I know you've done this stats where you're like, I want, I want this receiver to get a hundred yards and I want this receiver oh, yeah. to get a hundred yards. Like, you know, you're like, I, I've reached that point of the game where like, I'm beating the computer like 50 to nothing. I've <laughs> got to make sure my quarterback gets 300 passing yards. Like, you know, I've, I've got to take care of all the stats. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing in this game. He's like, nope, it's, it's got to be this way. Like my passer rating has got to be at a certain point, you know, like Randall Cobb's got to have a touchdown or Cobby, you know, like all the other cute nicknames that he has for people. Jonesy has got to get on the end zone. You know, like it's every box has to be checked so that he can, you want to talk about coming out middle fingers blasting. I mean, that's, that's the setup here. Yep. Cause you know, he wants to at least get Cobb a touchdown because he wants that question in the post-game press conference and he he'll never say like yep Cobb did a really good job he got open he'll have some smart ass comment it'll be like, like yeah it'll, it'll be like oh yeah that's what we've been missing this whole time you know what right. I've been saying or I tried that, to that tell you had. yep yeah totally. it's gonna be some smarmy crappy thing all right uh next up Denver and the Giants Neither team's going anywhere, RJ. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I definitely don't believe in Teddy Bridgewater. I think the Broncos' defense is going to be good enough to get them through this game, but uh, that there's not much here for me. I'm not going to lie. I do think the Giants win this game just because I Ooh. think I think the Denver offense is that suspect. Um, they shouldn't have, be. They have good skill players. I know, but you know, it's look. It's they've only had six years to find an heir <laughs> to Peyton Manning, so it's not their fault. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it sucks for Denver. Um. You know, some of the best uniforms, one of the best stadiums, one of the best looks, one of the best logos in the NFL, one of the best helmets in the NFL. But I mean, hmm. this this is who they are. 
All right, and let's go last but not least. We don't do the Monday night game because we're going to leave that for Monday Football Monday. So we'll do the last game on the slate. Bears and Rams. This is the coming out party for Matthew Stafford. Sean McVay kept him under wraps for the whole preseason. Let's see the shiny new toy now. I think McVay is going to want to go bombs away and, and say, like, look what we can be. Look how good my offense can be now that I don't have, you know, the punching bag Jared Goff as my quarterback. Yeah, I had a, a friend of mine ask me uh, this week, sent me a text, said, who would you say, you know, we were just kind of, you know, we'd like to have a little fun conversation, said, you know, like weird, like, like weird friends do have fun conversations. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, what quarterback would you say is under the most pressure in, in 2021? And we kind of, we talked about Tua, right? Like, you know, we talked, and I threw out Aaron Rodgers because he kind of, you know, beat his chest, whatever, because like, you can define that in different ways. And he said, I think it's Matthew Stafford. Because the Rams have said like this, like I people use the, the, you know, infinity stone analogy a lot, but like they have said, this is it. This is the final infinity stone. The reason we've been, you know, slacking since we went to the Super Bowl, and it's not even since then, it's really since the Monday night game against Kansas City. That was the last version of the Rams that was like, oh my gosh, they are offensive innovators. Ever since then, it's just been different. And the Rams have said very clearly, and it's not just Sean McVay, Les Snead, like they have all, you know, whether purposely or inadvertently, but to a conscious degree, hung Jared Goff out to dry. Oh, yeah. He's the, he's the reason. That's why we're not bad at our jobs. We've been doing everything right. We've been weighed down by Jared Goff. We're freed. We're Andy Dufresne on the other side of the <laughs> tunnel. It's raining on us now. We're heading down to Mexico. That, that's what Matthew Stafford is for us. And so, like, unfairly to Matthew Stafford that has put an enormous amount of pressure on him to Fair. get to go back to like the analogy of picking up where you left off to go back to beating the Chiefs on Monday Night Football when Jason Witten couldn't pronounce Samson Ebukam's name I'll never forget that by the way because that was the first thing I thought of when the 49ers signed him I was like we got that guy yeah and then I had to go <laughs> google the clip and it comes right up how much do you think we'll see Justin Fields in this game? There's a lot of talk about the Niners and Trey Lance and are they going to swip, you know, swap the quarterbacks and do all that? Well, the Bears have said that Andy Dalton's QB1, but they've never said that that, you know, they're going to keep Justin Fields glued to the bench. Do you think we'll see him in like the red zone packages in certain spots? No. So, one of my favorite things in life is I I love Twitter and I, I and you love Twitter like on Twitter at stats on fire is where you find stats everybody. Um I love group events and I love experiencing big things on Twitter. Do you remember when, uh, was it uh, Moonlight that, that was improperly not announced as the Oscar winner? You know what I'm talking about? And when yep. they accidentally said La La Land won the Oscar for best movie or best film, whatever. And like, I love moments like that on Twitter. Like when, when you look at your timeline and every, every tweet, is everything like, is about like, it. Everything is what? Or, oh my gosh. Or like, whatever. <laughs> like, I love that. And this game will be that, but it will be like, there is no way that Justin Fields is not better than this. You know, like, it, it will be versions. Of, <laughs> like, it will be versions of that. Like, like Matt Nagy is really committing to this over Justin Fields. Like it will, it will just be constant trashing of Matt Nagy and Andy Dalton. And it will be like, it, and it will be Matt Nagy has to start Justin Fields next week. And then, and then like, you'll get the, the like Nagy capers that are being like, well, you know, he's at, he's just going to ride this out so Andy Dalton can get his revenge game against Cincinnati, even though Andy Dalton beat the Bengals last year. Like, this idea <laughs> that he has to get revenge is so stupid when he already did it. Yeah, they, he's already played that game. I've said this from the moment that they firmly announced that they are sticking with Andy Dalton. Every second that Justin Fields from this point on is on the field and plays well, 
he makes the Bears look dumb for not starting him. Like they got a lot of love because they traded up. They took advantage of other teams that passed on him inexplicably and they deserve the love for doing that. It was the right thing to do. And then you see him in the preseason and he comes out and he's he struggled some, but he made some really good plays also. And you're like, okay, good for the Bears. Like it's working out. And then they come out and they say, no, Andy Dalton is QB1. We tweeted it out. No, we're doing it. And now every time Justin Fields is on the field and does something good, he makes them look bad. Like it works against them. And it's it's sad because we know exactly how this is going to go, RJ. It might not be week one. It might not be week two, but it's coming. Andy Dalton's going to have a clunker of a game. The Bears are going to lose. And then all of a sudden, Matt Nagy's going to have a press conference and announce that he's the starter. And everyone's going to say, why the hell didn't you do that all along? few last things here one when that press conference comes he will try to like slide it in he'll be like yeah um you know uh alan's good you know um he'll be practicing today and um and and, and, and justin will be running with the ones and, and then like somebody will be like justin, <laughs> justin fields he'll be like yeah um you know he's right he's running with the ones today and then somebody like so he's starting i'll be like he's running with the ones and then the reporter will be like just to be right. clear here justin fields is starting for you on sunday he'll be like yeah, he's starting. And Did I stutter? Like, yeah, exactly. And so that's the thing. And like the last, I guess my last point on this is like one thing, one take that Pete has had this Austin that I really agree with is I think Matt Nagy does think this is Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. But the like where, where this is such a hard sell is like if if the Andy Dalton in this case was Mitchell Trubisky, I think there would be not a level of understanding, but a, a level of forgiveness with the team, kind of like the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Cause it's like, this guy's been here. He, the team has technically had success with him, whatever. So we're going to keep riding that. But like, this isn't a ride you're, you're keeping up on. This is a new ride. So like you're, right. you're bringing Andy Dalton in you're like, yeah, no, that's, that's the, we trust us. You know, we, we got this. It's, you know, I, I think that's such a great point by you. You win today uh, that every ounce of greatness Justin Fields has this season makes them look worse and that's such a demerit against Matt Nagy that like Zach Taylor is not going to be coaching the Bengals for long Matt Nagy is not going to be coaching the Bears for long I can't wait till Doug Peterson's the Bears coach next year but here's the thing here's the thing at least with Zach Taylor he knows if he's going to hang around it's on the back of Joe Burrow Matt Nagy got thrown a life preserver with Justin Fields and he's drowning and he has taken the life preserver and pushed it further away from him and he's in the water. Like, that's the difference. I don't understand it at all with with the Bears. I think it's insane. It's ridiculous. And uh, I think that they're going to get crushed. I think Aaron Donald is going to run wild. And the Bears are going to look hideous. And we're going to be calling for Justin Fields by halftime. I also think Justin's, you know, I don't, and I don't think this was purposeful. But the, the quote he had a few weeks ago, he was like, hey, don't, you know, don't be chanting my name. That's disrespectful. Like, support Andy. Like, so like I I buy that like I buy the authenticity there you rolled your eyes so you don't but like assume that it is authentic for a moment that makes Andy Dalton and Matt Nagy like Matt, Andy Dalton by association but Matt Nagy specifically look even worse you know what I mean it's <laughs> like it's just this is a lose lose situation and they had the wins staring right then in front of them it's you know there's a reason that the Bears have basically gone their entire franchise history with maybe one real franchise quarterback. It's because they do stupid, dumb things. And this is at the top of the list right now. Rams win. They win big. I don't care that Chicago's made the playoffs two out of the last three years. All right, RJ, that's it. Week one. We have gone through every single game except for the Monday night game. Like we said, we leave that to Monday football Monday. We have made our picks. Your game is tonight. Cowboys, Buccaneers. 
Get ready for the loss. You're already preparing for it. You've already accepted it. That's fine. I will watch the game with bated breath. By the way, when you watch on Sunday, I don't want to say tonight, what is your go-to? Because I have my three H's that I go to every Sunday. Heineken, Hot Wings, haagen That is my traditional game day food. What do you have? It doesn't surprise me that your beer of choice is Heineken. It also What's does, wrong with Heineken? It's nothing. Jimmy Johnson's the only person that likes it. Uh, but um, it also doesn't surprise me that you call them hot wings instead of wings. Um, so well, I'm going on, with the three H's. I know. Heineken, nobody calls wings. them hot wings. Nobody, nobody says like the only people, the only time anybody ever says, can I get a plate of hot wings is in like after school sitcoms. Um, <laughs> but um, I will say for me, it's uh diet A&W root beer, which was featured in hard knocks, by the way, I'd like to think I had something to do with that. Um, and wings as well. I go lemon pepper from Wingstop. Um, I just, this is a story for a different day on the look ahead, but I won a radio contest a few years ago. I don't think I've ever told you this. And my prize was two $325 gift cards to Wingstop. So I am well versed. Wow. And, oh, yeah. It, <laughs> it took a long time to get through. Yeah, I was going to say. So uh, it was super embarrassing, like, the first time I went with each card. and Because you know how, like, after you pay, they, they give you, like, they're like, oh, your balance is, like, 40 bucks on, like, whatever <laughs> gift card. So they were like, your balance is $312. Uh, first of all how much do you like wing stuff second yeah. of all who bought this for you <laughs> yeah uh so anyway story for a different day uh but so uh diet AW root beer wings and then for the night game since again it's a you know it's a sunday that i don't have to work as much as my esteemed colleagues um a nice bowl of cereal like about halftime I, I make the bowl like i said i like it when the living room's cold you and I, make just, the I, bowl it's not exactly a huge preparation you pour in the cereal you add the milk it's getting like myself comfortable on the recliner tucking the blanket under my feet so that my feet don't feel the like recliner thing you know what i mean like it's it's good i'm not, tr- <laughs> not trying to brag stats uh but i put together two end tables this week so our living room's looking pretty sharp Ooh. uh so uh you know i i'm gonna enjoy the second half of that game and then between you know spoonfuls of uh what might be cinnamon toast crunch looking at twitter destroying Matt Nagy. enjoy that that sounds like a pretty good evening not gonna lie Enjoy the games, everybody. The next time we talk, we will have games and stats and teams will have records. It's going to be awesome. Football season is here. It starts tonight. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show, and we'll talk to you next week. Cowboys by 100.